Hello and welcome to the Medical Protection Podcast. My name is Dr Katie Grant and I'm delighted today to be joined by one of my colleagues, uh, Lisa Jones, who's one of our legal advisors based in the UK. Today we're going to do a special podcast for our members to shed some light on what happens at medical protection behind the scenes. Uh, So Lisa, hello, could you just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Morning, Katie. Um, Yes, I'm one of the legal advisors in the in-house cases team based in Leeds in the UK. I've worked at Medical Protection for just over three years, but before that I was actually at a panel firm. So I've been assisting Medical Protection members for about 17 years. Wow. Okay, that's that's quite a long time. You don't look old enough, Lisa, to have been working with medical protection members that long. I'm going very to be honest. Kind. With you. Thank um, you, and yeah, you mentioned your well. We're both based in the UK, um, but we actually have members all over the world, don't we? Is that right? That's correct. Um, at the area that we cover geographically is actually quite large. Yeah. We uh, support members in the UK, as we've just mentioned, but also in Ireland, in South Africa, in New Zealand, Australia. Hong Kong, Singapore, Malaysia, the Caribbean, and also Bermuda. Great. Um, and yeah, I think we were t- we've been thinking about this a lot. There's sometimes a little bit of confusion, actually, what we do at Medical Protection, isn't there, and really what we can offer our members. Um, so I think that's what we want to do today, isn't it, to help everyone listening to just work out um, what we're here for, because we want to be at your side. Uh, we know that medicine's increasingly complex. Uh, and it's only only got more challenging uh, during the pandemic and beyond. So we talk about claims and non-claims, don't we? So I wondered if it might be helpful if we just go through really what types of cases that we we get involved with. Because um, I've, I've worked as a medical legal consultant for the previous eight years, so I help members in Hong Kong, Malaysia, Singapore, the Caribbean, and the UK. And obviously, you've you're based as a legal advisor in 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 our UK team. So we've got claims. Maybe, Lisa, can you explain really briefly what a clinical negligence claim is? Yeah, so basically a claim is when a doctor is sued when a patient believes that 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 doctor may have been negligent and caused them harm. So usually the the focus of that is to recover some form of compensation. Mm -hmm. Um, The other area that we assist with is sort of generically called non-claims. And that assistance to members um, extends to variety of different things and it can include assisting members with complaints mm-hmm. with medical and dental counsel investigations and inquiries yeah. um, also we might assist with inquests and then more generally sort of legal and ethical dilemmas that our members might need some help with great because um, I think that's one of the things isn't it um, we uh, often you know members will contact us and they're never they sometimes get a bit worried about contacting us, first of all, I think, because there's a there's that anxiety that if they ask us a question that we might think is, gosh, what what a what a uh, simple question. Or we may even charge them more uh, on their subscriptions if they contact us. But that's not true, is it? That would seem counterintuitive to me. Absolutely not. And I think one of the things that hopefully uh, members will take away from today's podcast is the importance yeah. of contacting us at an early stage and whatever process they're involved in and it doesn't have any impact on their membership going forward the number of contacts that they make yeah because i think um one thing we've seen um we we talk about multiple jeopardy at mps don't we which is where one thing so an an, an error or mistake that you make at work may start off maybe as an investigation in your workplace 
or there may be a complaint from a patient, then it could go to the medical council potentially, there could be a claim, the press might get involved. Uh, occasionally, we hear of some criminal matters, don't we? I know, and that does cause our members quite a lot of concern, either things like gross negligence manslaughter yes, or medical manslaughter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what you're saying is that it's really important to contact us early because actually um, we, we do see members sometimes calling us and they've already gone to the police, for example, or the guard, haven't they? And they've, they've given a statement. Yes, absolutely. And I think the important thing to members to remember is that once they've said something or provided yeah. something, then later on it's very difficult, if not impossible, to retract from that. Um, yeah. Hence why getting that specialist input at an early stage is really helpful. Yeah. Okay, great. So, um, and the other thing is things like reports. Um, so again, I used to be an anaesthetist uh, and I was not infrequently asked for an account of things if things had gone wrong or perhaps there'd been a near miss. And again, even stuff like that arising from your clinical work, we can help members, you know, you can come to us and ask us to help you look through the report, you know, and you're entitled to come to us for, for queries uh, over stuff that you think may not actually be of any significance. But I think the message we're getting here from Lisa, right, Lisa, is that actually you don't always know which cases may escalate. That's a difficulty, I think. It's very yeah. unpredictable where things are yes. going to go at an early stage. Um, and yeah. it might be that the assistance you get is very much confined to just some help with a report that you might be drafting, yeah. but it may lead on to something more significant. And that's why having that early input is, is helpful. And one of the things I actually use when I was an MPS member, when I was in clinical work, is our 24-hour advice line. I do remember calling and I spoke to somebody who I ended up working with, which was really lovely. But yeah, so again, any issues arising from your clinical work, we have a 24 hour emergency advice line. All the numbers are, are on the website and basically it's um, managed by our medical legal consultants. Yeah, it's such a so for urgent matters, you can get an opinion. And again, we also have access. I mean, God forbid that anyone was actually arrested, Lisa, in theory, you know, the advice line can, can get a solicitor to somebody in need. Yeah, right? absolutely. And it really is there for those sort of very urgent inquiries. And that yeah. might be, for example, you've been summoned to the police station and you need some immediate assistance. And yeah. it's a fantastic resource that's available to our members. Yeah. So I think what we're saying, like, you know, prevention is, is better than cure. So even sometimes, and I, I've done this as well, when, when I've had a, something happen, it's always on a night shift, it seems. And I think, gosh, I know what's, <laughs> I know, I can see the complaint in the post, you know, you, you can see the writing on the wall, even if you want to sort of jot down what happened and get almost a, a statement drafted in advance, we, we can discuss things like that with you. So the, the phone line is there, obviously 24 hours in the daytime, if you want to just discuss anything that's happened at work, anything you might be worried about, you know, we've got people there for you and also i did mention uh, the press and we do actually uh, in all our jurisdictions we do have um sometimes doctors who are almost hounded by the press rightly so or they, they, they may be featured on the internet or in news yeah, articles i think the, the sort of rise of social media has meant yeah. that involvement or press involvement in what's happening with doctors is often quite a hot topic. So having yes. the press team to sort of field those inquiries and to assist with responses yeah. is again, really, really helpful to members because it can feel, I imagine, quite scary to be contacted by a member of the press asking for a comment on oh, yeah. something that you may be involved in, which it might really be at a very early stage as well. So yeah. making sure that, you know, give the right information or you can just hand over to our experienced press team is really valuable yeah because they will draft statements right as well because i think sometimes doctors worry they don't want to be seen defensive so actually i've got nothing to hide yeah i'll tell you all about it but then obviously you've got confidentiality issues that you might be absolutely. breaching you've so to be really careful about um, what you say to the press 
Yes, and similarly, social media. Um, we do. We've got increasing number of complaints um, or concerns from members who perhaps have had either negative comments online. So again, all of this stuff. You please do contact Medical Protection so we can uh, see if we can help, and if not, see if we can direct you in in in, in the direction of people who could assist. Um, and we talked about the phone line. We also, I mean, for members, right, they can they can do an online submission. Some of our members will have local panel firms, depending on what countries they're working in, who can direct their request to us. Um, and so I know I know about the medical legal teams. Uh, so when your case is opened up, it will be allocated to either a medical legal consultant who is a doctor who has done some specialist training for this role, or it may be a file handler who's an experienced um, file handler in that in that jurisdiction who will assist with your case. What I'm less certain of, and what I think maybe um, our members might want to understand a bit more about, Lisa, is where the legal advisors, so where the lawyers come in when they're, when you're not being sued. So if our members, for example, right, if they're indemnified by their hospital, if they work in the public sector, for example, and we cover them for these non-claims things we talked about, so the medical council or complaints or reports, why why would we get a lawyer involved if, if, the, if the police weren't involved, for example, if there is no court case pending? It's a good question. Um, yeah why why what would you be doing on a case perhaps if you can explain that that would be yeah, really interesting so, um you started off by talking really about the contact that members have initially and that's really the start of what i see as a multidisciplinary team so really what we're trying mm. to achieve at medical protection is getting the right team for whatever your issue might be whether it's being yeah. involved in a medical or dental inquiry or having to attend an inquest and um, yeah. obviously, one of the huge benefits of being a medical protection member is having access to so many skilled individuals. So, for example, yeah. people like yourself are medically qualified and that gives you a really amazing understanding of clinical issues, but also about the reality of working as a clinician and the challenges that that may yeah, bring. As a legal yes. advisor, our, arguably our skill set is different due to our training and experience. Yes. So, you know, the things that we are generally good at is analysing, you know, large amount of information, teasing out what the yeah. strengths and weaknesses of your case might be, getting cases ready for hearings. There isn't really any yeah. set criteria as to when you might have a legal advisor involved. I think it's fair to say that if you're going to be going to a hearing of some description, you would expect that yeah. a legal advisor would come onto your team at some point. Um, and then, you know, that sort of leads us on really to it's positive having a lawyer involved. I know it can sometimes seem a little bit scary if you're told, or we're going to instruct a legal advisor now to help you. But at the same time, yeah. it's, it's not everyone's case that ends up with a legal advisor. And really what we're doing is making sure that you've got the right team to assist you with whatever your concern or issue is. Okay, yeah, because we seem to get, you know, some some doctors are really keen to get a lawyer because they think getting a lawyer means that, you know, you're lawyering up, it's you're making it serious. But something like a complaint, for example, it'd be quite disproportionate most of the time, wouldn't yes, it, to get absolutely. a lawyer involved? absolutely. And, yeah, you wouldn't, that, yeah. for example, if you had a complaint, you wouldn't want the response to come from a lawyer because it would look really adversarial yeah. and completely unnecessary. Yes. So... Um, yeah, and you're kind of you're, you're kind of um, potentially, you know, not that bullying, but you're you're using an almost power differential, which could be actually ad, could be seen as an adverse way it, of handling a complaint. Be, absolutely, 
We want to be reflective Absolutely. and open. But similarly, we wouldn't expect a doctor to go to a medical council hearing or certainly, a, you know, if there was a criminal allegation, which are very rare, but when they do happen, um, that's perhaps more commonly, obviously, where we would get that legal advice. You'd have your medical advice. So like you say, we've got an MDT, a bit like we all yes. do in our workplaces. We've got that mix of skills to hopefully have the best outcome. Um, and again, we we touched about claims, uh, touched on claims very lightly, but if you're indemnified by us, so if we cover you for medical negligence claims, we have our own specialist claims lawyers, don't we, who work here alongside medical That's, that's correct. Claims. So in the UK, there is a specialist claims team who deal with yeah. claims only. And um, there is the, if we want to call it the non-claims team or the cases team that deal with yeah. effectively everything else. And sometimes there is crossover. You mentioned before that sometimes a claim can go on to a complaint or to a referral to a, a medical or dental body um yeah. so there might be some crossover but yes we have skilled lawyers to deal with each area yeah and i think um you've talked yeah we talked about multiple jeopardy but i think one thing i mean and i know i was always very much i was an anaesthetist so i was very much worst case scenario i'm i'm quite half glass empty glass half empty Sorry, I'm quite a uh, glass half empty, a pessimist. Sometimes I don't even see a glass. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Um, so whenever I was involved with even the sense, uh, uh, even a sniff of drama or unhappiness, I, I would be on the phone to MPS. But I do know and I work with colleagues who perhaps would even they'd address, they do their own reports, they'd write a complaint response themselves. Some even would deal with the GMC at early stages on their own. But I think and I'm getting the sense from you that we're of one mind, I hope, if you don't mind me uh, uh, saying that, but actually getting in early is key, right? Because um, even if it's going to go nowhere and it's it's what you might think is a simple complaint, you don't know that it's a simple complaint. And actually some patients, I think, will take things, they go to the nth degree. They will do, they almost make it a, a hobby or for some reason they, they almost get this kind of obsession that they want to um, put the doctor through the ringer. They want to take everything as far as they can. So I think I would echo Lisa that get calling us early is absolutely Yeah, I um, agree. Key. And I think, um, you know, sometimes we take a view as to when we make it known that a lawyer's involved. So it might be that we're sort of advising in the yeah. background and not necessarily on record. Yeah. Um, but just having that, that advice in the background can often be really, really useful. Um, and in my view, yeah. there is no detriment to coming forward at a really early stage, whatever the issue is, yeah. and seeking that support. Whereas if you leave it, then potentially that's when it can start yeah. to have a detrimental effect on what then happens with your case. And I think it's, it, we talked about the MDT and again, probably wherever you work, wherever in the world you will work within a team and you will have people with different skill sets. But one of the great things about medical protection is that you can just pick up the phone to like Lisa or one of the legal advisors. You can say, I've got a funny feeling about this. You know, that spidey sense. I'm not sure we're ever going to quantify. Um, a bit like, you know, in a, you know, uh, clinically, you might often say, look, can you just come and give me a hand? I've got a feeling about this intubation. I mean, I don't know why I've got everything ready, but can you just come and be a second pair of hands? So we do have that really collegiate atmosphere, right, where we can bounce ideas off each other and we have clinics like we do in the hospital really and we have sessions where we can um talk about cases that perhaps are unusual or that, that are causing us concern right lisa so yeah we're, we're always learning from each other as well is, which I think is one of the nice a really things. positive thing um, about 
working at medical protection as an in-house legal advisor that you really get that collaborative working and there's so much knowledge sharing because as a team with the experience that we've all got we've got so much knowledge about cases and how things and experiences that we've had and that sharing that knowledge can be really beneficial to future members or the members that we're currently assisting and that's a really positive thing about uh, working in such a collaborative team yeah and what's fascinating now, because uh, I work in our risk prevention team, that I have sort of an oversight of what we do educationally all over the world. And actually, is that that learning, we, we, we're seeing more of it yes. between countries. So in a way, we're, we're looking more at like criminalisation of doctors because it's a concern to our members all over the world, but cases are different or the law may differ. So actually, we have that global view, which I think um, is is really beneficial and actually has opened my eyes a lot to you know our doctors have similar challenges but they may work in very very different you may be in a very remote part of malaysia in a tiny clinic with very few resources or you may be in a you know a very shiny tertiary center with a helipad in in uh you know uh new zealand or somewhere so i think it's really interesting um that doctors will have similar concerns similar experiences but in very different contexts so lisa Thank you so much. So I'm I'm going to ask you for your top tip. Sorry, I haven't asked you for that in advance. I mean, I'm going to steal the top <laughs> tip to call us early. So I'm sorry. I'm going to put Lisa on the spot. But I think, yeah, so I would say to, our, uh, to people listening at home, if in doubt, give us a shout. Call us, email us, put a web submission in, um, and we will do what we can to assist you, you know, subject to the usual caveats. Lisa, what would your, your one yeah, piece I of advice be? I don't know if it's a top tip, but really just to be reassured that you will have the team that's right for you so if a lawyer's involved that's absolutely fine if a lawyer isn't that's also fine Uh, we're all working together to get you the best possible outcome that we can and with that we reach the end of today's podcast if you're not a member of medical protection and would like to know more about what we can do or if you're already one of our valued members and would like to know more about how to protect yourself take a look for the links in the podcast description. You've been listening to Lisa Jones, Legal Advisor, and I'm Katie Grant. Thank you for listening.